your podcast. <laughs> episode 7. That's right, episode 7. Coming at you. Live and direct. Right, Jess? Yes, sir. The first little heck of a hole for your ass. <laughs> El cantante mío. Little Juanile. Say shit that's meaningful, that's going to help us all out. And uh, here we go again, episode seven. Uh, Thank you for joining us again on the Neighbor Podcast. Thank Uh, you, everyone. We appreciate all the support. Um, Announcement today. Uh, All the platforms have been official. Yes. uh, We just minutes ago launched a little uh, (laughs) video um, that incidentally got taken down. (laughs) Four minutes into the launch, but you know, much, yeah. that much was expected. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, was all, I, it was all in good fun, and uh, uh, I think you know the people that were supposed to get it got it. And so, yeah. you know, sometimes you gotta dis- be a disruptor a little bit. Um, <laughs> the people who created it, how dare you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that. I, I don't even know how to send an email, so it was, obviously wasn't me. But Definitely wasn't me. Wasn't me. I don't know. Wasn't me. I don't know. Jerk. Some douchebag. <laughs> Get out of here, freak. I'm talking to all of yous. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, How you feeling, Jess? Um, well, he'll be missed, the guy that created yeah. it. <laughs> He's probably going to see He's probably an envelope being sent to his house right now. Um, I feel amazing, man. Uh, shit. I feel like uh, after our, uh, you know... Um, Three-part interview, which yeah. we, we yet to upload uh, three, but that's coming tonight, folks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't, bu- it, don't bust that nut quite yeah. yet. <laughs> uh, the climax is Trailer. coming. <laughs> sweet. Gross. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it may it may be a three-hour interview. However, it was probably a four- to five-hour soiree. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, because we're so. taking breaks in between. Uh, thank you, by the way, because it's been so... Uh, Greatly received. The feedback has been great. Um, you know, on the personal level, um, local level. Local I mean, level. local level and international level. Yeah. I must say, we have uh, we uh, got people some in followers in Norway, Canada, followers in Nor- and Canada, Russia, and Russia. Yeah, and uh, British Columbia, and and, and that's uh, North just, Carolina, South Carolina. Just to reiterate that we're forty, top forty in Mexico. No, top thirty six. Last time, top thirty six. I mean, I don't know. A couple weeks ago. Last time I looked. 
so yeah, we're we're definitely out there, uh, you know, making noise in places that we didn't <laughs> expect to. But you know, yeah, such whole- is life, and uh, <laughs> we're just completely uh, besides ourselves with excitement that uh, it's you being so well received. And uh, yeah. you know what? The, we're, we're, I'm, I have to admit, I'm horrible at the logistics and analytics, but. Um, we look at them every now and then. We have regular jobs. I'm, we're blue collar workers, just like a lot of our listeners, and we uh, we do what we can. Blue collar uh, workers, <laughs> white collar ethics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get it right. Oh gosh, yeah, exactly. No, we uh, we do this, you know, after time, after hours, and uh, it's 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 an extreme joy for us to uh, release this content, release this knowledge, and uh, everything we've shared. So um, it's great. But, uh, but yeah, I say we are horrible at this. Just to segue off that, you know, we find the time where we can get it. It's actually 12.19 on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, actually, this is when we're recording. So, yeah. you know, just to show you that uh, we don't make excuses. We just get it done. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I have to be at work in five hours, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my schedule is a little more, has more, a little more wiggle room. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, there's shit that's got to be done. But, but, but you know what's funny is that we most of our the most productive conversations that we have regarding this show is in the restroom. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. Every, I don't know. Every time I talk to my mother in the restroom, brushing my teeth, or shaving, shaving, we're shaving, we're on speaker yeah. with each other, or I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. There you go, <laughs> dropping the kids off at the pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, um. Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you, and welcome to episode seven. Episode Again. seven, and we're cleverly titling this episode, uh, Human Comfort Comes From Within. Um, Dave, when you hear that title, what does that say to you? What do you think? What comes to mind? Gosh, I mean, uh, I mean, just because of my art, creative side and my artistic side, it, comfort comes from within means sharing my pain, sharing my sorrow, sharing the things that I can't talk about, sharing everything that I cannot display or elaborate on in, in a verbal context. It has to be painted on the canvas or drawn with graphite on a piece of paper that has been chopped down by trees and granulated and compressed, allowing me to share every ounce of trauma, pain, happiness, sadness, growth, and every form of emotion into one thing. And that's what it says to me. Beautiful. Um, like I said earlier, you know, that's what our intentions are on these podcasts all the time, to kind of lead our souls to you guys and, uh, you know, say something with, with some meaning, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a beautiful line that I always like to, uh, you know what I mean, that always uh, catches me uh, I surprise every time I read it and it puts a big smile on my face. Uh, but, you know, the reason we do this podcast is because we feel like we have something to say. Um, not everybody has to agree with us. That's just our personal view and our personal opinion. But um, there's a beautiful quote. I forget who it's by, but it says, uh, intelligent people speak because they have something to say. And stupid people speak because they have to say something. <laughs> so I hope uh, we're, uh, you know, the, the first portion of that, not the latter, um, you know, but we all have our flaws and we're not perfect and we're not claiming to be, but, um, you know, just to dive a little bit more into why I chose this as a title for our show for okay. uh, episode seven, 
um, I was just, I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, we were in conversation and, you know, the, the subject lended itself to financial status. And uh, he said something to me uh, that, you know, just like it always happens in conversations, something sticks out to me and stands out to me. You know? What was that exactly? Uh, he said, yeah, man, he's like, I'm not really, you know, trying to be rich, you know, or anything like that. I'm just trying to be comfortable. And this person is actually very wealthy already. Really? Yes, very wow. wealthy. You know what I mean? He's done very well for himself. Uh, we won't mention any names or what he does because that's not important. What important is... Not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah. What import, what's important is that he actually vocalized it like that. And you know what I mean? So, you know, just like I tend to do, I, I started taking it apart. And I'm like, uh, what, you know, let... What do you mean exactly by being comfortable? How do you take that? Um, you know, he knows me already, and he knows I tend to do this shit, so mm -hmm. it was no big deal. He was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you used to the fuckery. I was like, yeah, here we go indeed. Um, <laughs> he, he was like, uh, yeah, bro, you know, I just want, uh, I, I feel that, you know, I just want my fam family to experience all the comfort that I never had, and you know, and, and giving them things that, you know what I mean, I, I missed out of when I was a kid. And so I stopped and I was like, okay, so I'm like, comfort. What do you equate to comfort? That means a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot of things, you know. And he was like, me being comfortable that I've done everything that I've done to, everything that I, I had the power to do to provide my family uh, adequately, with everything that they'll need financially um, to strive and, uh, you know, to be able to reach their capacity in life. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay. And I was like, and so that's achieved my money, right? Uh, as far as what you're saying. And he was like, yeah, I believe so. And I was like, okay. Um, so obviously if you grew up in a, you know, sharing bunk beds with your brother until you were 17, 18 years old, mm -hmm. And now you got a California king for you and your wife. And uh, would you uh, evaluate, equate that to be more comfortable? Now, I just want to add something. It, this was a different time, a different era, of course. Now, one person's comfort can mean a different comfort for somebody else. Right. It's a different, it, it's just, I think it's it's real, and I have, just because I have kids, they're, the things that they are, are it makes them the most, I mean, they're so happy sometimes with some of the, some of the most, I mean, what people would consider meaningless things mean the world to them. Absolutely. Back then when I was their age, it didn't mean that to me. It's the era has changed. I mean, the, the times have evolved and I think some parents, including myself, I've been a victim of it. I, I make the same mistake. Yeah. I think that things that I missed out on are going to be happening to them. But frankly, to be honest with you, sometimes they don't give a shit. Well, see, you know, just, it's funny that you say that, but because we are from that certain era, yeah. most of us that came from that era did without growing up. Exactly. And that's what fueled the fire between the, behind the hustle that we have now, because we grew up without, and so we really strive to achieve so that we could have what we grew up with. Exactly. I'm just wondering if we're blowing out the pilot. For the younger generation, now that they've been given everything, um, ev given everything in abundance without any expectations in return, just as a given, have we blown out their pilot light? Since the lack of having things, what's what ignited our 
firefighter. In, in, some, in some cases, yes. And I'm speaking as a parent where Saturday mornings, weekends weren't what other weekends were to some people. You know, watching cartoons, hanging out, having breakfast, going to the store, fucking playing ball, whatever. I didn't have that. My mother was a, she was a lion. She would wake me up and say, okay, a limpiar, cabrón, a cortar el sacate, you know? Yeah. Work, work on the yard on the weekends, pull the weeds out. I was drained. Yeah. A few hours in, I was, I was done. Yeah. Make me eliminate or whatever. We hang out, watch TV, and that was it. Yeah. That was time with my mom. Those were the best times. And they made me, that, those experiences created my work ethic. Yeah. Now, now, with my kids, that shit doesn't happen, bro. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I use other other things to experience that type of work and gratitude and gratification when it comes to that thing. Clean the house, do your chores, recycle, things like that. See, the good thing about that is um, we got to recognize that we're not raising kids now for that era that we grew up in. Exactly. We're raising them for a different type of era. So um, getting back to my point, like it's okay to want to give them all the comforts in the world as long as they understand that there's some type of expectation uh, for them receiving all this freely and uh, so abundantly at that. I mean, even for a family that's middle class, I mean, just the, 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 the level of the level of luxury that we really live in, I mean, compared to past generations. And that's middle class. I mean, you know, think about two generations back. Well, actually, just a generation back, my mom, she, you know, when they grew up in Mexico, they still still have houses out there. and They didn't have plumbing. They didn't have, uh, you know, running water inside. You know, they had to, you know, get out the wells and stuff like that. So they still experiment with that. And, you know, that's my mom. So a generation later, now we have all this abundance. You know what I mean? We have technology at the tip of our fingers. Uh, we have a, a plethora of channels to, to view and stream movies and content. And it's it's just crazy how fast this shit's evolved. However, I must add, I have someone who was recent last year, or a couple of years ago, I'm sorry, who experienced that. They went to travel to Mexico for the first time to visit their family, go down the family tree and visit some family members. These family members, however, live in a very rural place in Mexico. Right. Where there's no electricity, there's no toilets, and it was crazy. She would record and, and like document everything. She's like, it was a real reality check. Yeah. They come back appreciating every single little thing we have. Going back to your point, the era has totally changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only in the absence of that we appreciate shit. Yeah, of course. You know, um, because uh, you know that's just the way we're wired. You know what I mean? Um, but everyone appreciates different things. Not, and not everyone is the same. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, getting back to the title, you know, comfort comes from within. What I was telling my buddy that I was having this conversation <laughs> was, was you got to understand that what you consider comfort and what you consider that, that feeling itself is not generated by what you possess that you think brings you comfort. It's the levels, it's the hierarchies of importance that you give things, material things in your life that show a resemblance of comfort within yourself. But that comfort, in, in fact, is generated by yourself. It's just in the recognition 
of the value and the hierarchies that you assign to different individual things that you perceive that notion and that feeling and that emotion in your body of comfort. So that perception is not, it's not even a reality. It's not attached to anything really, but in your mind. That's why when you said people experience, you know what I mean? People have their different, uh, um, you know, definitions of yeah. comfort, you know? Uh, comfort could be, you know, taking, you know, three vacations a year with your family. Mm -hmm. Comfort could be is having a cabin in, in Big Bear, you know, or, uh, you know, a lake house in Lake Tahoe, or, you know, RV with the, you know, quads, uh, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So it just really depends the definition. But again, it's not that the physical mat or the physical things or um, materialistic things are the ones that give you that comfort. It's your high, it's your level of high, high hierarchy um, in, in the value of things that give you the semblance of comfort once you have achieved it. You think it's comfort. You think it's comfort. That's right. Until you see somebody with a better quad. <laughs> So you see somebody with a better motorhome, with a better beach house, with a better uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, all these things that we associate with success, comfort, love, um, you know, righteousness, it's all through a perceived lens of our own. And we have mimicked things that we admire we have mimicked uh, ideals of people that we uh, in our minds and in the mind in the eye of culture tells us that they're at the top of the hierarchy and so that's what we strive for and that's what we chase you know when you say the word comfort this is just me i automatically think of my 60 pound blanket that i have <laughs> yeah but that's just me i don't know that that's comfort to me yeah. I, I just when you put that blanket on, it's game over, bro. I don't know. Just Comfort can mean a million different things. You know what comfort to me is now? It wasn't before. Comfort to me is knowing how little I actually need to get by. Yeah. And not having the constant need to chase and try to keep up with everybody. Comfort to me is being finally, for the first time in my life, comfortable in my own skin and accepting that I'm okay if people don't understand the life that I live now. I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. They, If they don't get my way of living now, it's absolutely okay. I am absolutely comfortable with that. It's none of my business how people perceive the changes I've made and the changes I will continue to make. Um, I just need to keep concentrating on that. But that's my level of comfort. Now, also, comfort has a bad connotation, which when they say if you when you live in your comfort zone, complacency, complacency. Jeez. So I don't know how good is it to be comfortable. <laughs> Nothing happens in comfort. Yeah. They say everything that you want is on the other side of comfort, of course, of your comfort zone. You know, success starts at the at, at, on the other side of your comfort zone. And so if that's the case, I mean, do you really want to even strive for comfort? If you give all, everything you need to your kids so they can be comfortable, 
what's going to fuel them? They're already comfortable. You're right. I never thought of that. They're already comfortable. Why would they do anything? Why would they feel a need to develop any type of skill if everything's been handed to them, hand over fist, yeah. just as fast as they need it? Parent, I mean, that, that, that says a couple things to me. Parents have great intentions. I mean, adults have good intentions to take care of their children. I mean, they, they strive for that. We want them to be better. We want them to live a better life. But at the same time, we could be hindering their ability to grow by not teaching them the fundamentals of, of you know, basic, uh, I mean, just basic thought and activity. You know, teaching kids, I mean, the sim- I mean it, what, what you said to me screams simplicity. You simplified things. Right. You made it simple enough to say, hey, this is all I need. This is all I need to do. Whereas some parents want to do well for their kids, and they give them everything. The kids get used to it. They, this is what they want. They don't have to clean up. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do any work, any chores. Boom, it's done. Yeah, they live comfortably. But as they evolve, as they get older, as times change, that can backfire. I've seen it. I'm experiencing it in some cases. But that's that screams simplicity. Problem with that is, kids nowadays know the price of everything, but they know they know the cost of nothing. Explain. They know what everything costs, okay. but they don't know. They know what everything is, what the price of everything is, but they don't know the cost. They don't know what it means to work hard to obtain these things, because luckily their parents are in a position. <laughs> And, you know, with, with the way that things are set up, you know what I mean, with, with there being credit and there being, uh, you know, options and, and ways of getting things, uh, you know, because everything's a, a, a marketplace and yeah. people are going to find a way to facilitate you these products that you must have in your hand. So many avenues. You don't so many avenues. You don't yeah. choose. So many avenues. And then just to, uh, you know, go back to, what, to, to the point that you made. Yes, it's a hindrance on their on their development and on their growth. Yeah, of course. But the thing is, we'll never know to what capacity yeah. or to what extent until years in the future. Of course. You know what I mean? It's like Dio Hughley has a funny line, and I think this applies, bro. <laughs> when he says, do you know what little boys that don't know how to clean their ass could grow up to be? Uh, Grown men that don't know how to clean their <laughs> ass could. <laughs> So, you know, it's like, listen, bro, I mean, you know, your, your kid is, is yeah. only going to do as much as, as is requested of them. Yeah. Um, I, you know, again, not an umbrella statement. I do know some parents that are still on their shit and they don't leave it up to technology to uh, let technology raise their children. Yeah. They still make an effort to, you know what I mean, be, you know. Play with outdoors, interact, you know, aside from, from, you know uh, I mean? from device and to, mechanisms yeah, that, that it, hinder them to grow and to think, where they have human interaction, where, like, social media isn't really social, man. It's, no. a, it's a different form of communication that people mistake, uh, where it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. Kids now, like my kids, I, I, you know, I do as much as I can to get them exposed to the outdoors, get them to do different things, to paint, to, to freely express themselves right but believe it or not getting them to do chores getting them to clean getting getting them to realize what needs to be done and explain to them i spend more time doing that than fucking playing at the park i tell you that it's a work in progress it really is work and they learn to appreciate it 
And so, you know, what we what we ended up at, and we both, you know, luckily agreed on this point, is that the real happiness in it is in the pursuit of, of is in the or in the journey mm-hmm. of the pursuit of achieving. Because once you achieve something, well, now you got to find something else to achieve, right? Yeah. And so, you know, fulfillment doesn't come from these things that we purchase that or that we hold so high up, uh, you know what I mean, in the hierarchy value, you know what I mean? Um, it comes from just being very comfortable and uh, feeling, acknowledging how blessed we are on, on every given day. I mean, like I said, just the fact that we can flip a switch and we have electricity that our, uh, you know, iPhones and our tablets and our, you know, laptops are automatically connected to Wi-Fi and we can research anything or access to any type of information is just at the fingertip of our hands. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a fucking miracle. Like people get so used to yeah. shit so fucking fast. It's funny, Mitch. I worked for one of the largest tech conglomerates in the world. Right. I, I, I think you could say who it is, uh, right? Or would you rather uh, not? Yeah, I'd rather not. All right. Got but it. people probably get the hint. Yeah. But when I did, um, I would just be dumbfounded by the reaction of people when their devices didn't work. Their devices were faulty or something wasn't right. I mean, just little minuscule things that, that can be fixed or addressed. And, and very easily, these people would come in and just rip us apart. Yeah. Rip us apart. That, that one thing was hindered on that device and not working or whatever the case was. Right. And we're like, wait a minute. Like, whoa. Okay, we're here to help. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm like thinking like, dude, you have a fucking miracle in your head. Do you realize... The potential, I think the damage you can do with this, the good you can do, the research, the schedules. Do you know how organized your life could be with this device? Right. People right. have people misconstrued the amount of organization they could retain from these devices. They're, they're powerful. Yeah. But all people care about is the fucking image, the new device, how it looks, and the pictures it takes. And that's that's most people. That's basically it. Like I said, it, it, it's the it's the value they place yeah. on it. Yeah. And it's the value society places on it, and that determines typically how we view things. Yeah. The newest shit, the hottest shit. Yeah, I know. I could count right now a handful of people who do, still don't know how to send a fucking email. Yeah, who don't know how to edit their home screen. Who don't know how to set a reminder or a calendar and fucking yeah. lock. It's ridiculous. And he's talking about me, obviously. Oh wow! <laughs> like I said, that's not my lane. You know what I mean? No, but I said, <laughs> <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but you're getting better. You're getting, yeah, I yeah. must say, ladies and gentlemen, he is uh, getting better. Uh, I am empowering him to do that. And well, you know what's funny, though? What? The reason I'm getting better is because I actually care. Yeah. If, if I actually have an interest now to actually learn the technology. For years, uh, I worked for this uh, company, a bell company, and I was there for 14 years or so. Mm-hmm. And they would always fucking, you know, when they used to do the, you know, annual uh, surveys of, uh, you know, agent surveys, uh-huh. um, they would always knock me. He refuses to learn technology. Wow. You know what I mean? And uh, they used to always make fun of me because I used to type with <laughs> one finger, you know what I mean? But, but what? I would always fucking kick their ass on a monthly basis. What was your power animal? And I used to always tell them, remember, bro, it only takes one finger to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll be a one-finger type of motherfucker all the way to the bank. Thank you very much. What was your power animal? What's the thing you always say? 
the the what's the animal? You're uh, you sniff out the oh the, yes the tr- I'm I'm a truffle pig. <laughs> I sniff out the money. They used to give me so much shit when I worked for this fucking company because I always had the lowest bond count, and I used to gladly remind them like I don't recall you fucking turning in bond count. <laughs> Uh, to fucking keep the lights on on this building or pay your fucking mortgage or, you know what I mean? To do all the fucking things that we need to do or get done. Um, they would gripe on me because I would deposit the most money and write the least bonds. They used to refer to it as cherry pick. Wow. Now, now, just, just to elaborate a little bit, some of us, some of you, uh, some of our viewers, including myself, aren't familiar with bonds and, and, and things. How does that work? Um, basically, so it's, simple, simple, simple. it's an insurance. Okay. And instead of insuring a house or a car, mm-hmm. what we're insuring is somebody's appearance in court oh. with an insurance, poli- insurance policy, which is a bond, a bill bond. I see. And depending on the crime that's coming or the violation, there's a certain amount set. People don't have the 10% to put up, so we put up the 10%, or we put up the full bill amount of charges. Jesus. Uh, people the 10%, as long as they go to court, wow. uh, that's all they actually pay because at the end of their court case, our bond gets returned to us, so we made a 10% on really? the transaction. Yeah. What if their bond is a million dollars? Somebody comes and pays it. Um, yeah, somebody would pay 10% or 8%, depending on the circumstances, because there's you know several rates out there. What's the commission on that? Uh, shit, it's been so long, I don't even know. I mean, just, I mean, just a wild guess. Uh, for a million dollar bond? Yeah. I don't know, bro. I, I can't even fucking do the math right now. It's fucking... <laughs> One o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I've been up for fucking hours. Uh, shit, I don't know, but it's you know, ah, it, it, you it, know was, it was a decent it. lifestyle. You know, I'll say that. You know, but you make some decent money. Yeah, you make some decent money. Dude, you know what I mean? Even scumbags have rights. Yeah, of course. Well, and I mean, like I said, there not everybody that's in jail is a scumbag. I mean, we used to bail out grandmas. They used to go have fucking brunch on the Sunday, get pulled over <laughs> for a DUI. You know what I mean? So it's it's just circumstantial. That's it. You know. Uh, wow. You know, there there's. There's a share of people that, you know, probably deserve to be there. And then another half that just made a mistake one day. You know? So yeah. one bond can equal fucking the amount of 20 or 10 bonds. I mean, the ones that we used to, I remember everybody used to like uh, per capita was uh-huh. like a domestic uh, violence bond. <laughs> because we, you know, easily make $5,000 off of that bond as in commissions. Jeez. Yeah. So it's, it's just commission? Yeah, that's commission. Fuck. Yeah, that's commission. What's the biggest bond you ever wrote? I'm just curious. Uh, shit, maybe like 750,000. Jesus. Yeah, never a million dollar bond. Yeah. 750,000. Yeah, wow. 750,000. There's a little bit of pee coming out of me right now. Yeah, but fucking Uncle Sam would fucking, <laughs> you know, lick my taint and stick it in before, <laughs> before I got paid. So, yeah, he made out like a fucking bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, going back to what you were saying. Yeah. So, you know, that's where the conversation led. And, you know, we, we agreed on a couple things. And he just said that he never had really thought of it like that. And I told him, you know what? Me, me neither. You know, because at some point in, in, in me waking up to in the, in the, in the, prog- in the, God, I'm lost for words right now. Sorry. In the process of me evolving and kind of finding a little bit of enlightenment in myself, um, that I, I have like permanently become unimpressed when it comes to a lot of shit. 
I also noticed that, I noticed this change in you, is that everything, that not just unimpressed, I mean, not, you don't just become unimpressed by everything, but certain things and certain conversations that you have with people spark an idea. You have an epiphany and you start to break that down. You rip it apart and it becomes something bigger than what you anticipate. What you heard becomes an idea, becomes a lesson. And I, I noticed that you expand on that. Yeah. And, and you, you, you draw on it and you talk about it and it becomes an idea. Yeah. yeah. It becomes something that people don't really think about. And that's what I noticed about you. Yeah. I, I do notice that, you know, um, in the, in any discussion that I might be having, uh, you know, or interaction with people, there's always key phrases or key words that just stop me dead in my tracks. If I'm like, Ooh, that's something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just, get this crazy urge, bro, just to take it apart and, and, and just fill my mind with as much information as I can for it, you know? So when your buddy said this to you, what did it What did it do? I mean, uh, well, it made him reflect and, and kind of see my point of view. Uh, how did he take it? He didn't, you know, he's well off, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like I'm fucking telling him, hey, you know, give away your fucking money. That, that was not <laughs> where the conversation was steered towards. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of money. We all need money. You know, money is... It's the currency that, you know, this world, you know, operates on. But However, it's not everything. I mean, it can solve some problems. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It makes things a lot easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? It makes things a lot easier. So I'm not knocking money by any means. You know what I mean? It's, it's very necessary and it's important that we all have it. And more importantly, that we know how to manage it once we actually get it. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's a uh, because some people, you know, doesn't matter if you make $50,000 a year or if you make $3 million a year. I mean, some people still live check to check. I know plenty of them. People that are millionaires that are still living check to check. You know what I mean? It's only one sitting three yeah, feet away from me. You know, they, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know what I mean? They, 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 they make their nut for the month, but they're, they're cutting it like down to the last yeah. fucking day and wait, hoping that the next deposit comes in. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, such is, such are people. You know, once you, to allude to what we've said before in other episodes, once you start building this facade of yourself, mm-hmm. And uh, you have presented a certain personality or a certain avatar of yourself uh, on social media, then you must continue to show up as that version of yourself yeah. to really convince people, or or, or the magic magic trick doesn't work. What was it? Did he have any feedback? I mean, did he have any? Was it receptive to what you were saying? Well, he he said that this is the biggest thing that he yeah, took away. Yeah, go ahead. He's like, I never realized that you're actually, that I've never realized that point. Okay. The level of comfort that I feel is not actually from achieving the goal or uh, providing the comfort to my family. Okay. It's an internalized emotion. It's, it's a chemical reaction that eludes to my mind and, and, and me processing that I am now at this point satisfied or comforted that I was able to achieve that for my family. That's the idea of satisfaction. That's the idea. Yes. Okay. That's the idea. He said, but I never really looked at it. And I, you know, and then I gave him the analogy. I'm like, you know, because a lot of times it's not so much in the achievement, more than the achievement, you're concentrating on the fact that you have something that the majority of people don't have. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him the analogy of, of, of you know, let's say you work 10 years to okay. make your first million, 
Ten years, a million dollars. And then think of your ten closest friends. Okay. Now you have a million. Your ten closest friends don't. Okay. And then somebody comes along and gives ten of your closest friends a million dollars. How does that automatically make you feel? And he was like, pissed. I'm like, why? He's like, because I busted my ass for this million dollars. These motherfuckers didn't have to do shit. And, and somebody else just gave it to oh him. And I'm like, exactly. Wow. So it's it's more of the thought of having something that the rest of the people don't have that gives you this sense of comfort or of being ahead. And that's where you find the value. Hierarchy. Because you're not going to go out and spend the fucking million dollars in one day, are you? No. Nah. And he's like, no, of course not. Of course not. You're going to be smart with it. You know, if you know what you're doing, you're going to invest some of it, make the money work for you as hard as you work for the money or even harder. Um, but just to allude to the point, it's never really about the money. It's about the idea The idea uh, that's associated with the money. So it's, a, it's about the story that we're telling ourselves about the narrative of the financial gain. Yeah, because he's still got the money. He's still got the, I mean, the million. Mean, but it doesn't mean as much now if everybody else has the fucking 10 yeah, million. But everybody still got has a million dollars. I mean, dude. Yeah, million. but he had to work for it. Jesus. He had to work for it, and then everybody else just got it. And it's not fair to him. Wow. So he was super happy a minute ago because he had a million dollars. Yeah. The minute that his 10 closest friends have a million dollars as well, now he's not happy. Wow. So where's the comfort in that? Yeah. I'd still be happy. Jesus Christ. But but you say you'd be happy, but if you were in that scenario, it probably hit a little different. Really? Of course. Most people... Well, in the position... I, okay, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, okay, a million dollars or ten million dollars were to land in my lap right now. Right. And ten of Michael's friends just were given ten million. Yeah. I wouldn't give two shits. Well, I mean, you know, there's... People, but, people yeah. have different perceptions for sure. I'm like, dude, you just was that a, you just mind fucked them. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, because everything ties back to the association of the value that we give something. But it's it's more in the story behind the the pursuit of something that gives you a sense of comfort. He was very comfortable because he had a million and. His 10 closest friends didn't. But now that they all have it, and even worse now, they all got it without having to do anything. And he got to bust his ass for 10 years to get So he's low-key hating. All of a sudden, you know, from life being very fair, it's now it's very unfair. Wow. Still has the same amount of money. Wow. It took him 10 years to get it, and the other people didn't take as long to get it. And so now life's unfair. Wow. So where's the comfort in that? The comfort was in the idea of him having it. Nobody else had it. He created that idea. Everything is created. We create our own. We create. We're, we're co-creators of our reality. The fact that we're sitting here on this couch in this fucking studio. Leather couch. Leather couch. <laughs> um, you know, this is an idea that started in your kitchen. Oh, wow. Here we go. While we were, you know, drinking. Oh, and, you know, yeah. Like, and so this, this, and this was not even that long ago. This was maybe a year no, or uh, which kitchen in uh, Riverside. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. This was, yeah, yeah. This was long ago. So you know yeah. that's how everything starts, but it's a story. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're co-creators. I mean, you know, when when I uh, was diagnosed with cancer, I co-created that. I did all the proper things 
to lead me for my body to break down and the immune system to break down and for me not to fucking generate any more red blood cells. I did all the proper steps. I ate it in that ailment. Mm. I ate it all the way. Made it easier. Of course. Mm. I was co-creating with every action. Uh, I was creating uh, a landing strip for the disease to arrive. I was setting up the lights. I was sending up the fucking lines along the fucking runway. All of that. It, it's, you know, we co-create these ideas. And so, you know, it's a beautiful thing because it's our nature to be creators. It's our nature to be creators. But that's why it's so important to watch the narratives that we tell ourselves about certain things because it can, live, it, it can, it can lead to a very unfulfilled life. You know? Again, the narratives. Now, that's key. Now, when you say that, I immediately think of, it's great stuff. I mean, don't, I mean it's great. But you got all this good shit. And how hard is it for the average person, the average human being, to look at these narratives, to have these conversations? That, to me, I mean, you, you can agree with me or not, but are, prob- are probably the hardest things to do. Who has time to think about that? Who has time to sit down, assess, regress, and and take a fine look at what is actually going on? Because you have to admit, so one of there are so many things distracting us from doing that type of thing. That's why we can't evolve. That's why we don't have those thoughts. That conversation that you had with your friend was probably just mind blowing. Yeah. But he had no idea. Like you said, he never thought of it that way. And see, my, my, my goal whenever I talk to somebody is not to get them to think like me. It's just to get them to think. I see. I don't ever want anybody to think that I want them to think like me or you or us as a whole. I want you just to think. Think about these things that nobody talks to you about and apply it in, in different areas of your life. What stories are you telling yourself about the things that you have placed um, at the top of your hierarchy structures. What's most important to you? And what do you think that that's gonna bring you once you achieve those goals? And is there any end to the pursuit of money? Because if numbers is what you're chasing, numbers don't end. So if that's your pursuit, you'll never be happy. Because there's always going to be somebody that's going to be a little richer than you, and a little younger than you, and a little smarter than you. And so you need to be very comfortable with what you have. And furthermore, the moment that you stop feeling like you need everything, that's when you start attracting everything to you. Because look at the signal that you're putting out to the universe. If you're chasing, you're sending a signal to the universe that you're in lack of something or something is fleeing you mm-hmm. if you're chasing it. I see. But if you sit back and are content with every situation in your life, whether it be how you would want it to be or not, the moment that you reach that level and that peace of mind spiritually in your mind, your body, your gut, and you just sit back and you just feel like 
if I never had anything else from this point on in my life, I would be absolutely fine. It's funny you mentioned that. I, uh, my son asked me today, Dad, what's taking so long to do this? You know, to get the suit, to go do stuff. And I stayed home with my kids today because they were right. sick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. Things will happen. You just have to be patient. You know what he asked me? What's that? What is patience? What does that mean? I said, this is perfect. I asked Google yeah. to tell, define the meaning of patience. And the thing that stood out to me was uh, having the ability to not be angry when things are not going your way or, you know, having, when things are going bad, having the ability to overcome that, having the ability to not be remain angry. At yeah, peace, yeah. yeah. Remain at peace or be angry, be content with uncomfortable situations that even though they're not going your way. Right. I said, that's perfect. I go, look, Things aren't going the way you want them to right now, but they will eventually. Yeah. You just have to be patient. And having patience will bring forth what come, what lies ahead. And patience is a thing that we, as human beings, struggle with and deal with every single day. And just to tell spin off of that, and to, you know, maybe my final thought on this, because we're getting close to uh, <laughs> where we need to be. Um, most disappointment in life comes from our perception of envisioning the way that we want things to turn out. Expectations. Expectations. Yeah. If you don't have expectations on how everything in your life should turn out, you're never going to be disappointed. And you're just going to accept everything for what it is. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it because you have no control over it. So what's the sense in losing your shit about it? <laughs> Stop having expectations. What do you know? We don't know anything. We don't now, know. we could strive to achieve certain goals. Yes. Achieving goals is great. Um, but that becomes a lot easier in, 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 the, in the present moment of realizing that you already have everything that you'll ever need and that you already are everything that you have to be. Yeah. The moment that you realize that and stop attaching your worth to material things and money or people... Um, you know, seeking out their approval, life gets so much fucking easier. Yeah. And, um, you know, people that look at you a certain way for holding a new mindset towards things, um, you know, that's for them to contend with. It's not, you shouldn't concern yourself with it. Uh, we each have our own journey and, you know, the moment we start looking at somebody else, then we've already fucked up for ourselves. So don't fuck it up for yourself. Um, be very comfortable with what you have. Uh, understand that God's always going to give you more than what you need. Um, you know, put him first and, uh, you know what I mean? Act accordingly. Try to live, um, you know, under his, his guides and, you know, his His expectations of us. And uh, that's all we can do. Dave, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, walking into every situation you can possibly do, not every situation, but as much as possible, with an open mind, an open canvas, if you, if you may, with you holding the palette and the situation is the canvas. Paint your own vision. Paint your expectation as it comes. Accept everything. Be as organic to every situation and circumstance as possible. Because that's what life is. It's organic feelings, energy, and emotion. We just have to learn how to apply it. And that's all I have to say. Beautiful. Well, that was episode seven, the yeah. Enabler Podcast. Exactly. 
Um, <laughs> it was our pleasure to be able to, uh, you know, be with you guys once again. We hope yeah. you enjoy it. Please, like always, um, thank you for being part of our community. And part, and part three? Yes, and part three of the Andrew Morelli is going to be uploaded tonight, So, or actually in uh, a couple days. Yeah, this week. So just wait for that, and uh, please check out our uh, Instagram page. and Our video. Like uh, the video <laughs> that we put up. Hopefully people shared it enough before it got taken down. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we'll go from there. Um, thank you so much, and uh, we are out, me and Dave. Yeah, I'm Wish out. Wish you a good night. All right. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We are out. The next Warhol. <laughs> yeah. The next Warhol, baby. <laughs>